On this edition of the Linz Report, Elon Musk busts open the rusty bird cages of the formerly condemned controversial content creators, and it's going swimmingly so far. Is Pierre Polyev stupid, or are you stupid for thinking he's stupid when the whole goddamn system is stupid? Blackballed podcast host James DeFiori dips a toe in out west for us, and we're pretty sure it's gangrenous now and needs to come off. All that and more. Let's dive in. The gates on the funny farm prison are starting to fail. Chief twit Elon Musk has started to lift suspensions on controversial high-profile accounts, and his staff jump ship faster than entitled white rich dicks did from the Titanic. One of those accounts released from Twitter purgatory was that of last season's incel idol grand champion Jordan Peterson. Elon also welcomed back to Babylon B and comedian Kathy Griffin with a promise to limit the reach of hate speech. Hate speech is now apparently allowed, but it gets shadow banned. In normal speak, that means the tweets will not catch the algorithm wave that end up in your home timeline. It will be ineligible for monetization, and you will have to physically look for the poster's timeline. Musk also released a poll on Twitter asking if they should allow Donald Trump back on the platform. Over 6.6 million votes were cast, ending in 54% of those votes saying they would like to see Donald Trump back on the bird. Trump has since released a weird cell phone video stating he will not be returning to Twitter. One can only assume it's due to stakeholders at Truth Social forbidding the orange menace from moving his circus sideshow back to Twitter, an all but inevitable death sentence for Truth Social. On the other end of the Twitter trigger-happy scale, Jordan spent his jailbroken afternoon seemingly test-driving the new lack of censorship, leveling random hate-filled outbursts at a few groups including the trans community, COVID-19 science, and a screenshot of the tweet that sent him into the deserved void. That one was attacking Elliot Page, calling the surgeon who performed his breast augmentation a, quote, criminal physician. Like a monkey with a shotgun, the Ayatollah of Inselistan is back, baby, and crazier than ever. This week, he took to calling Jagmeet Singh utterly sickening and a pathetic panderer after the federal NDP leader issued tweets about misogyny, white supremacy, and racism being behind the ongoing genocide experienced by Indigenous people. We have a bittersweet history with Jordo. During the conservative debates for CPC leadership in Canada, the host of our flagship show, Dean Blundell, pointed out rather aptly that seemingly sexually confused and frustrated males with small penises love Jordan Peterson and revere him as some sort of a deity. Jordan's retort lacked girth and was very short in length as well, with the air of, I know you are, but what am I? Jordan inquired if Dean was eight years old. You'll notice there was no denial from Peterson in his reply about his incel army who cheered like Taylor Swift fans when Pierre Polyev told the debate moderator he was reading Jordan Peterson's 12 rules. Speaking of Polyev, let me ask you a question. Is Pierre Polyev stupid? Don't answer too quickly. Take a really hard think on this one. And the answer is no. He is not stupid. At all. Does he say stupid things? Absolutely. Like all the time. Why do you think that is? Why does he only repeat the same thing over and over when it's so stupid? Politicians have two choices when it comes to courting voters. They only have two targets to choose from, and they can only choose one as a landing spot. Those targets are sensibility and emotionality. Sensibility stems from balanced, educated resolution within one's own mind when faced with decisions or situations. Sensibility is formed from examining initial emotions to the information and applying knowledge, past experience, and developed reasoning skill to formulate a response. 
Emotionality stems from a primal reactionary response when faced with decisions or situations. Reacting emotionally without exercising the other tools available due to lack of knowledge, past experience, and not forming any sort of reasoning system or coping mechanisms based on those two things. We're going to get a little nerdy here. The amygdala, which is the most ancient part of your brain, signals your hypothalamus to fire up the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, where the brain and your endocrine system intersect. At this point, your adrenal glands release into your bloodstream, which triggers your stress response. This is a basic understanding of the physiology behind stress, according to Dartmouth Undergraduate Journal of Science. It happens in a matter of milliseconds. Just because we live in a modern society doesn't mean these physical systems melted away. They've evolved tremendously, but they haven't disappeared. Our brains still do this when we encounter the unexpected. There is a reason Polyev repeats very basic, rudimentary talking points. He's pinging the amygdalas of those who react emotionally. He's triggering their basic fight-or-flight responses by planting seeds of doubt and threatening scenarios inside of their subconscious thought process. This is a known right-wing political strategy, and they have been using this tactic for years. Strangely, someone is always coming to take something from you, or they have already taken it from you, and they are the only ones that can help you get it back. Whatever that it is. When it comes to unfamiliar social situations, there is ample evidence that encountering something fundamentally different from what we expect elicits a stronger activation of the amygdala. This is what kept our species alive for millions of years. This instantaneous, instinctive response keeps us from getting eaten by bears. It also kept us on our toes when other tribes tried to invade us. Those who react emotionally tend to also react to direction. In the recesses of their subconscious, those free thinkers are the most thirsty for direction. In a very broad term, we all need to get there. How we get there depends on our direction. Voter apathy usually comes, weirdly enough, from the more educated side. Those resolution processes pour cold water on the amygdala to turn down the instinct to get there. It's a cognitive double-edged sword. Pierre Polyev and his handlers are all too aware of how this works and how to exploit it to their advantage. Even in the face of verifiable truth, snake oil salesmen can bend the perception of the feeble's reality, just enough to set the hooks in to those who have already fallen for the bait and switch. In some instances, for generations now, a long lineage of perpetual victim class who have taken the easy route out of complaint and deflection and they have embraced the ideology that someone else will do the hard work for them while they take their grievances out on whoever the conservative daddy du jour may be. People of color, the indigenous, immigrants for a base, and then toss in public safety net systems such as healthcare, public health, social programming, education, and just about every single program the feckless Fuhrer of the day is told to destroy in the interest of the corporate lobby that got him the goddamn job. Now, let's sprinkle in some Trudeau was coming for your guns and a dash of the war on Christmas, and you've wound Terry and Karen up at the trailer park so tight that they don't know who to yell at first. The worst part? Most of those social programs conservatives in this country want to gut out and fill with Galen Weston PC brand cotton balls? They are programs the undereducated like Terry and Karen rely on the most. If there is one thing Pierre Polyev should be applauded for, it's his uncanny ability to take a mile away running start, square up, 
kick his constituents squarely in the crotch, and while they're bent over in agony, remove the cash from their pocket and still evoke a heartfelt thank you from the unsuspecting rube. Imagine that. Stimulating and puppeteering the most primal systems inside your brain makes you do really dumb things, often not in your best interest. Weird. Kids, I'm your eager beaver. And I'm Mr. Grizzly. If you love politics or hate politics, then have we the perfect, perfect podcast for you. The True North Eager Beaver. Incisive political commentary. We keep you up to date and give you the political and media literacy you seek. To help you cut through the bovine fecal matter. Facts first. Sound analysis. Sometimes I growl. Sometimes I sass. We impart civics and build community. And we share some laughs along the way. Being informed and engaged has never been more fabulous. Or sexy. Catch us on, on the Dean Blundell Network. Or on our YouTube channel. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Because democracy, democracy is, is something, something you do. And now to blackball the podcast host, James DeFiore, for his look at what's going on out west. James. While Canada is known around the world as a vast nation of diversity, we at home know that's only almost true. Most of Canada gets it. Our values get better, our tolerance improves, and most of us have experienced a kind of personal growth as we learn more about the world and ourselves. If you woke up feeling like that today, chances are you are not in Alberta. Because Jesus fucking Christ. Warning, the following monologue is based on actual things. Have you taken a good look at Alberta lately? I don't mean it's beautiful mountains, or its mortarific economy, or that Flintstones thing they do with the white hats and horses? No. This is about Alberta politics, or what I like to call cults and cunts. Because there is an alarming amount of cult members and all-around cunts in Alberta politics. Don't believe me? <laughs> no, of course you do. After all, this is a province where a plucky and bloated Ralph Boris Yeltsin Klein managed to be premier for four decades. That's 40-plus years of funneling tar sands, shotgunning the fountainhead, and not being able to drive to the rodeo without a roadie. So is it really surprising that the present-day Alberta comes with its very own QAnon premier? Or how a former justice minister, Jonathan Al Jolson Dennis, a.k.a. Captain Hairplugs, paid a notorious fixer to steal the phone logs of a journalist? I mean, is anyone really surprised that a shady political operative, Alan Hallman, rumored to smell like a spilled beer in a closed trunk of an abandoned 1970s Chevelle in the Badlands in July, had a son who worked at the health minister's office when that health minister granted a fat PPE contract to a company owned by a cult led by a fat crook with a direct line to Jesus from his mansion in Australia? And is it at all surprising that both Australia and Alberta begin and end with AA. <sighs> but I digest. No, just kidding. I just projectile puked after learning about a sitting Calgary councillor who used to be a cop who was hit with a slap on the wrist for allegedly sexually assaulting a minor has been systemically protected by greasy lawyers, old boy judges, and hee-haw police unions all while executing a harassment campaign against the survivor. 
This is a province who single-handedly made ivermectin the most popular children's vitamin in 2021. Look, Alberta, it's not that we don't love you. We do. Sure, that kind of love is normally reserved for that hooker who's been working the same corner for decades. I mean, you don't condone or like what she does, but you have to respect anything that's been drilled as often as she has. Yes, Canada, like the drunk uncle at a wedding, we love Alberta. She's family. Sure, she whines and pouts and threatens to run away, but we know it's only a matter of time before that old whore can settle in on the corner once again. And by corner, I mean the far fringe of Canadian politics. Well, there you have it. Another edition of the Lynn's Report that requires you to go and have two hot showers. Ugh. My special thanks to James DeFiori, host of Blackballed the Podcast, for his in-depth look into what's happening in Alberta, along with his gratuitous use of the C-word. <laughs> leave you with something special from James right now. Made me promise not to play it, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. on the track. Way back in the day, in 1848, this guy named John Darby set out to create a secret way of life where they would not associate with other types of people if those people didn't share faith, baptized in scorn. Families torn, the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church is now officially born. Cult life is forever, and if you ever leave, you're vilified, ostracized, minimized, please, on receiving ends of lies. All the crooked eyes, all the last goodbyes to all your family ties, you can see it in their eyes, it's vacant. Either you a Plymouth Brethren or you Satan. 55,000 deep, they make millions per week. Through the UBT, then they do not keep receipts. It's a score. Shit, I think I've seen the show before. Fat guy, envelopes of cash, where's your pork store? Babies indoctrinated and raped and isolated. Disgrace, it's check the state of the faith. It's complicated complaints. It's all on deafness. You hate this. Places you stayed as a kid were never sacred. The doctrine of separation was written by psychopaths. Snatching kids from parents who decided that they want to take a pass on pedophilia, molestation, manipulation, felony fraud. Bruce you're not a god What kind of a god Eats at the trough With the other pigs Sloppy piece of shit gods And the piece of shit kids Stealing food from the mouths Of the kids you abuse For a second mansion A plane and a yacht too I assume you will soon Speak with Jesus too But shit You got lunch with Nosferatu at two you blew Jesus like a Ronald McDonald, the business model bravado, providing bottomless fodder for bottom feeders beholden to the bottle. Bloated on the side of the road and throttled up and it's cold. It's sort of a metaphor for out of control. Now rise up from the flames, crease away from the fold. Yeah, throw your locality up in the air. Set it on fire like you just don't care. Go on then, like a Bedouin. And turn around and lick a shot at the brethren. Throw your locality up in the air Set it on fire like you just don't care Go on then, like a Bedouin Now turn around and lick a shot at the brethren I got hope like Cheryl But most of the time, I just wanna bust a couple of barrels Or a nine like De Niro or design war plans Attack the whole clan Make stacks from the old men who diddled and ran Sinister plans include darkest shit in human nature Gaying in the brethren, they chemically castrate ya You don't contribute dollars you're sentenced to the bottom With weekly priestly visits that accentuates the problem And hell on earth is Maple Creek And I know it hurts 
get off your knees and excise that cancer. The pedophiles dance to apathies. Now switch up the playlist. The chance to face this is more than a facelift. You're gonna need a spaceship if you are attempting to escape this. See through trees like you're blunted. And big ups to Richard Marshman. Now the hunter is the hunted. Cause when that falls and the fat man crawls, someone please let him know he's not welcome on Black Bald. In fact, yo, I make it my mission. I will not rest until this motherfucking cult is out of commission. So throw your locality up in the air. Set it on fire like you just don't care. Go on then, like a better one. Or turn around and lick a shot at the brethren. Throw your locality up in the air. Set it on fire like you just don't care. Go on then, like a better one. Now turn around and lick a shot at the brethren. For the Lynn's Report on the Dean Blundell Network, I'm Ryan Lindley. Have a good week. Yeah, 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 yeah. on the track. Hi, I'm Emily Roger, and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host, Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jag and Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.